Forget your perfect offering. Forget your perfect offering. And ring the bell that still can ring. And ring the bell that still can ring. There is a crack in everything. There is a crack in everything. That's how, That's how the light gets in. Hello, hello, and welcome to That's How the Light Gets In podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Anderson. Thank you to Wild Choir for the music you're hearing. Their rendition of Leonard Cohen's Forget Your Perfect Offering was recorded specifically for this podcast. Whew, y'all, this past week has been a just absolute blur. I'm exhausted, and I can hear it in my voice re-listening to this week's recording, but I'm nonetheless just so excited to share it with you. You know, for me, that exhaustion has mostly been about the just nonstop documentation of actions for a ceasefire in Palestine. I photographed activists as they blocked both lanes of traffic on the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge last Wednesday, as they marched over a thousand people onto Highway 101 in San Francisco on Saturday as they stopped traffic in front of the offices of California Senators Alex Padilla and LaFonza Butler in San Francisco yesterday, and union members filled Padilla's lobby again today, calling for a ceasefire. But the action this past week that we're going to explore in this episode was last Thursday night at the Yerba Buena Center for the Arts, where eight artists who were featured in an exhibit called the Bay Area Now Nine, or Ban Nine, altered their own artistic works live, in real time, during a YBCA public show to speak out against that institution's silence regarding the ongoing genocide in Palestine. I was there, I got to witness firsthand artists who spray-painted Free Palestine onto their own ceramic sculptures, artists who hung a Ceasefire Now banner to cover up their own work, other artists who wrapped their work in cloth, soaked in bloody hands, beneath which they placed the names and ages of children killed in Gaza. The artist's action, dubbed Love Letter to Gaza, called out the censorship that artists say they've faced from the museum's leadership when they've attempted to speak out. The artist's demands included an end to YBCA's censorship of artists, the removal of Zionist YBCA funders and board members, and YBA's compliance with its vision to be a space that, quote, empowers artists, inspires community, and drives lasting social change. And of course, you know, first and foremost, it also called for an immediate and permanent ceasefire in Palestine and for the U.S. to stop arming Israel. So I want to play you some audio from Thursday night as these YBCA commissioned artists bravely altered their own works. We heard from Palestinian muralist Chris Gazale, not one of the YBCA artists, but who has often had his work defaced in the city by anti-Palestinian forces. So here's Chris. Take a listen. We're sitting here in San Francisco in an art and art is a universal language meant to look out for everybody, meant to speak out against injustice. It's a language that is not, should not be owned by corporations, but, but, it, but it is. As, a, as an artist, I use my art to, 
to, to educate, right? About my people. Alright? Artists in general, we need to speak out against what is happening. It's our duty. It's our duty to speak out about what's happening. Because you will not get the information that you need to know. You will not get that information from this media. They will not tell you what's going on. They will keep telling you lies. As artists, it's our job to make sure that you know the truth. Yes. That you know what's going on. Yes. And as journalists, and writers, musicians, everybody who picks up a pen, alright, it's our job. And it's your job to listen. Listen to the people. Listen to the crowd. Don't ignore what's happening in Palestine. Don't ignore what's happening in Gaza. Because what's happening in Gaza might happen here. Yeah. You're listening to artist and muralist Chris Gazale speaking before those who were gathered at the Yerba Buena Center for the Arts as artists were live and in public altering their art to speak out for a ceasefire in Palestine. Apologies for the quality of the audio, but I want you to hear just a tiny bit more from Chris. Here's how he wrapped it up. So again, that was artist and muralist Chris Gazale speaking at YBCA last week. And I want to read you just two more quick quotes from other YBCA artists. Uh, One artist, Paz G, stated, quote, Our attempts to use our platform at YBCA to catalyze solidarity with the movement to liberate Palestine have been silenced and disrupted. There is no excuse for YBCA's silence in a time when our public dollars are being channeled to support the destruction of life and communities in Gaza. Another artist, Luqueza Branfman Verissimo, said, Quote, to honor our role as artists who believe in liberation, we have no choice but to center the dire situation in Palestine as an added layer to our work. Bronfman Verissimo is among those artists being censored by YBCA. So I want to really get into the heart of this episode, which is that I interviewed two of the YBCA Bay Area Now Nine artists who altered their work last Thursday night, Sholay Asgari and Champoy. Sholay Asgari is an Iranian-born interdisciplinary sound artist whose works implicate the viewer-participant in future mythological excavations, bridging large swaths of time and history through water, water clocks, movement, light imaging, voice, and sound. I caught up with Sholay this Saturday at the start of a ceasefire action in San Francisco, hence uh, you can hear some sound check happening in the background as they were getting that stage set up, and then just some really epic wind. Apologies for that Bay Area weather was wild this week. But here's Sholay. Take a listen. Tell me, give me a little bit of your story. Like, yeah. who are you as an artist? What informs your work? And tell me about the art that you had at YBCA on Thursday. Sure. My name is Shalaz Gary. I'm an Iranian-American artist. I was born in Iran, came here as a very young kid, as a refugee. And I make interdisciplinary artwork that utilizes sound a lot. And I also teach at a few universities and colleges in the arts. The work that I have 
at YBCA. It's a piece called Shabbat Hibad, which is translates to Ghost Winds. It's a six-channel site-specific sound piece in the sculpture courtyard of YBCA, as well as a large-scale sculpture. The piece is in communication with waters, with the ghost creeks of San Francisco that are no longer. They were filled in with land as a result of settler colonialism to then build the city that we now see on top of it. And it's making a connection through sound between that which we do not see, the Ghost Creeks, and the dying waterways, uh, Ghanots, in Iran. Um, What I'll mention is I was installing this work, I was installing it under the banner on the marquee, on the famous marquee board of Woman Life Freedom, and yet in my experience I was also being silenced and... uh, uh, and treated with negligence. Check, check, check. And sort of being told to not one, say two, anything three, about check, my own check, experience. Check. So I found that to be very ironic that there's this... Hang on one second. Yeah. It was very odd to be silenced while working under this banner that was supposedly in some ways representing some kind of a liberation of yeah. uh, me or my communities. So I haven't even had the luxury of being offered programming to which I could even offer something. They have been very non-responsive to my... Um, check one, two, check one, two. To check, all of check, my check, one, two, programmings were engaging with me. Uh, so when the co-organizers of this action contacted me for Love Letter to Gaza, I w- was not surprised, but still somewhat um, in shock in some ways to know how many programs check, had been one, censored. Two. And to know that there was physical artwork as well, censored. Um, So for the action, what I created, I worked with Dina Aladib, a friend of mine, and I created a new sitemap for my piece, which overlays the Wadi Gaza onto uh, the sort of site as a a flyer map with an outline of the map of YBCA and evacuation arrows representing uh, this is not a safe space to be in. And um, and, and side by side, there's a beautiful poem, which Dina wrote, which connects... um, which connects letters, uh, love letters to Palestine, uh, uh, another project uh, with um, with my piece, the dying waterways, and um, sort of brings them into the space together. And these were dropped, like the thousands of leaflets um, that were dropped for evacuation. Yeah, tell me what you hope comes of this. Obviously, to call out YBCA, but what, is there a message in there embedded to other artists across? the bay, across Turtle Island, across the world to use their platforms to speak out versus fire for free Palestine? Uh, Absolutely. I've, you know, already I've received a lot of messages from artists who are in the show, artists elsewhere, staff members, directors of other organizations who have said things such as thank you, we're watching and um, we are, we support you. And I hope that this action, and I know it will, and it is already, encourages more people to come out. We work under such silence in this industry. There are countless curators and artists that I know have been fired and let go under the guise of different reasons. So there's been so many layoffs, uh, stating other reasons for being laid off, which have which are directly related to Palestine. And I think that, you know, this message that goes across that these spaces are ours, that our voices are more powerful, that these spaces need us more than we need them. And I hope that 
through this collective action that more collective actions begin to sprout. And I know they are. And that more people have the courage to lose in order to gain something much more meaningful. I, I think that's, that's, you know, and unfortunately a lot of times those who have the most to lose or who have lost everything or have the least opportunities are the ones who end up being the most active or on the forefront. And I, and I think another very important thing is uh, making these institutions and these places relevant again. The public needs to see themselves reflected in these spaces. We are all very familiar with what it means to work in a space that doesn't support our safety and sees our safety as being a divisive conflict for other people. And I think that it's very important that the public really sees that a lot of these places are publicly funded institutions and they belong to us. And, you know, I think that one of the really important things to center is not only to include exhibitions and programming that's about Palestine or relates to Palestine, but that we need to have Palestinian and Arab artists centered in these. We cannot ride on the backs of another minoritized group who has been tokenized to then bring in some kind, you know, for it to be okay to talk about Palestine. We need those actual voices in these spaces and often they're not in these spaces on any level. So that's, I think that's something really, really important as we move forward within this sector is who's speaking. <laughs> from what position and I think to always interrogate the voices that we don't hear and the faces that we don't see. So again, that was the voice of Sholay Asgari, who you just heard. Thank you so much for taking a moment to speak with us, Sholay. And the other artist that I spoke with and at more length at their home this past weekend is Champoy. Champoy is a queer artist, filmmaker, and educator weaving historical and personal narratives through film, installation, and performance. Champoy is a parent and co-creator at the School for the Ecoscene. They serve as an art educator for Bay Area youth, uplifting pedagogy that connects the arts, storytelling, and ancestral skills with environmental awareness rooted in indigenous knowledge systems. On Thursday night, I watched just absolutely captivated as Champoy turned their installation featuring a Filipinex canoe into an altar to Gazans killed by Israel's ongoing genocide, wrapping that canoe in a sheet stained with the imprints of bloody hands and placing note cards with the names and ages of the deceased on the ground beneath the canoe adorned with candles. In a press release by artist, Champoy said, Quote, in recent years, YBCA created robust programming and community engagement in response to social justice issues ranging from Black Lives Matter to the invasion of Ukraine. Why are they silent then on the genocide of Palestinians? Cultural workers and artists across the Bay are dreaming of a free Palestine. We hope that YBCA would want to be included in that vision, not working against it. End quote. And so I was just so grateful to get to be in conversation with Champoy this past weekend and to hear more about their story as an artist, the lineage of artists and ancestors named and unnamed that their work builds on, their early days as a punk rocker, 
the Banca project, our Filipinx traditional canoe project that they're part of, why they and other artists felt the need to speak out, and how they hope that it will encourage others to do so as well. So yeah, let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Champoy. So welcome, Champoy, to That's How the Light Gets In podcast. I'm so grateful for you sitting down with us today. You were one of the artists at the Yerba Buena Center for the Arts, YBCA, that chose this past week to alter, embellish, elaborate on their just incredible, beautiful artwork to make a statement around the need for ceasefire and for a free Palestine uh, with your own work that was being exhibited there. So, hi, and welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you for taking a moment to sit down with us. Yeah. I want to get into this question around who you are as an artist, how you came into this work, why you chose to do what you did this week, which is like so much respect and gratitude for that. But I usually ask us to start with who's an artist or cultural worker, just like someone in your life, maybe an ancestor, but could also be an elder or a contemporary who has really informed your sense, your work, your who you are as an artist and how you see your role in the world. Would you bring someone into the room to be with us? Oh, wow. Thank you, Brooke, for having me. Um, yeah, I, I think the thing um thinking about ancestors who comes to mind is actually probably the ancestors that maybe cannot even be named mm-hmm. and then i think this is going back to thinking about what art was and you know the culture that i'm from before it was even called art mm-hmm. and i really think about this like a lot in my work because you know what we know of as art or at least the kind of western identification of art you know, it's kind of new, but like, you know, people have always been creating for so long. And, you know, I, I resonate with those ancestors, you know, because if we think about like the kind of work that is maybe often like labeled by the institution as like primitive or Mm -hmm. works that maybe are classified in this kind of way that does not feel like reflective of the present because they are like maybe works of art from these people that either have been like subjected to history as just like those people or these kind of um primitive people um i think like there is actually like so much more that like you know a lot of contemporary artists like you know are actually like able to learn from and think about like modern art like so much of that is actually like an extractive kind of like measure to kind of all these like what's considered like primitive art so I want to bring those ancestors, ancestors from the Bisaya lineage, you know, Bukidnon lineage, and especially for a lot of, like, the lineage in the island where I'm from, which is Mindanao, Mm -hmm. which is predominantly Muslim. Mm -hmm. A lot of the art that comes from the Sulu archipelago, which I feel has always resonated with me so strongly in my work and even before really knowing more about these works, they were already there. Yeah. Um... So yeah, and, and and they're always with me, and I and I know that those ancestors are always with me. So yeah, that's those are the folks that I want to bring in here. Um, I do also want to honor like a lot of the native folks that I get to work with, like especially Elder L. Frank Manriquez, who is actually also I would consider a mentor, a bit of a mentor, although I haven't been there in a while. They've helped a lot in the banca, which is the canoe, the traditional mm-hmm. canoe. Um, yeah, and like also a lot of maybe um, other elders in my community who are originally a part of the bunka. 
um, yeah. Bangkok project because that is like a project that has already, um, you know, that was already happening even before I was a part of it. So there's like elders. So it's important to always recognize the lineage in which we operate from, you know, and I think I want to be able to honor them as well because there's many people who I will probably not be able to name, but if you look up Bangkok Journey, those folks are, you know, I'm always like indebted to like all of the work that they've done previously so I can be here in the present with this work. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just really appreciating the spirit with which you're naming the fact that there are so many ancestors that we might not be able to name gets to the humility that with which I saw you act this past week that's not about folks yeah. as individual artists but about what the work is that we're creating. So just want to, yeah, want to thank you for that. Will you share a little bit more about the Banka project, yeah. its lineage, but also I want to hear yeah. about you. So like, what's yeah. your story? How did My, you come to this work? There's a lot of artists. Yeah. Not every artist ends up in a place where they're actively and intentionally engaging with the question of what are the systems of oppression under which mm-hmm. we're working and how do we align ourselves with social movements? So like, yeah. what brought you in a, to a place where you're really aligned with that and felt called to act, right? Yeah, no, thanks, Brooke. I think that's a great question. And I think, you know, it's hard to, as a Philippinex American artist, it's really good to contextualize this in the relationship that I have to, you know, the country here, like Turtle Island, U.S. Um, just because I think if we think about that relationship in the, you know, I, I always say like in this forces of history, right? Where there's colonialism, capitalism, imperialism, like there's a reason why I'm here. And I, I, I've heard people say like, we are here because you were there. Mm. And so like this goes back to the ways in, in, in which imperialist countries like the United States were able to come to the Philippines and really establish this kind of colonial projects you know because which is what the philippines is and i wasn't always as politically aware but when i came here i didn't i did not grow up here either so i came here already as um an adult um but i was already kind of um politically and socially active in many different ways and part of that is also growing up with a background in punk rock Mm -hmm. i think punk rock really allowed me to like open up and question authority and wonder like why are we in this shit fuck um (laughs) and so so i mean i always see it as an extension of that you know this is still me being this kind of like punk rocker and in a way but also like being expressed in different forms so you know being an artist coming from the philippines it's like really important to bring up the history like the philippine-american war which is one of the most forbidden wars or to talk about this forbidden like nobody even wants to acknowledge this and so i think a lot of my work has been about that and like Mm -hmm. about these kind of relationship i have about being here my body like you know being the brown body like being here being from like this individual artist kind of like perspective i've slowly learned a lot from community and i think this is also just like how i am in the world right like kapwa there is like this word Kapwa is like how you see yourself in others mm. and it's like a, a tool but this is like a social tool when you can kind of see yourself like I am you and mm. how do I actually engage with kapwa. you and Kapwa so Kapwa is really like relating to somebody mm-hmm. as if they are you and like how would you want someone to actually treat yeah. you you know <coughs> and give us for yeah. for folks who I want to get to sort of like what you and I were both witness part yeah, of yeah, witness yeah. to part of creating <laughs> on Thursday, but 
bring us back to tell us about the Banka project. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So for folks who let's start with your art. What did you create before we thought about an intervention yeah. Yeah. To, to support a ceasefire, to yeah. support collective liberation in Palestine? Tell us what the Banka project is and then tell us what how did you start thinking about an intervention around this public witnessing? Yeah. yeah. So the Bangkok project really started from the canoe journey in the Northwest, where one of the elders there, um, I think um, Chief Reed, Red, uh, Philip Red Eagle, had asked some of the Filipinx like, folks that were there, like, where's the Filipino Bangkok? Mm. Meaning, like, the canoe. Yeah. Where's the Filipino canoe? And so one of, uh, one of the elders that I work with, like, Rad Leng Leng, um, Kahambing, came back and be like, hey, they're asking like where is the Filipino yeah. canoe? Like why is there no like Filipino like representative in this canoe journey? And so because many of those elders who were then part of the Center for Babaylan Studies, which a lot of elders. So Babaylan is kinda like this like medicine folks from the ancient like Philippines. Mm. And so they were kind of convening to kind of like how do we create this like this this banka like you know to to be a part of this like is that's a very big and important like um journey like mm-hmm. where a lot of the different tribes usually from the northwest come together and paddle um the different waterways there and so um you know and a big part of the help with that was l frank actually who is tongva elder who you know really helped like find a log tongva the land of yeah. what we often refer to as los angeles yes right so, down yeah, in yeah. southern california so, yeah. great tongva so elder. Frank is like, yeah tongva okay. elder and they helped a lot by really finding connecting the people to the log because mm. that log was like just maybe waiting sometime yeah i don't know like and again this has happened in a period of time you know and so once that log was already um you know secured by the community and then they started working at it and you know this is like again a labor of love because it it takes a while you know like even like kind of like hollowing out Mm -hmm. the inside of that it took a lot of work and you know i was not really a part of that work and these are the works of like people who are now like elders some who have already kind of departed and you know, these are the people that we also honor in, like, taking this banca. So when I became one of the fortunate artists to be part of this Bay Area Now 9. Which is the exhibit at the Yerba Buena Cultural yes. uh, Center for the Arts. Yes, yeah. which is that, that show. Um, I was really, like, trying to tap in into... First, I thought, like, oh, are they okay? Did they really ask me this they like they <laughs> yes. made a mistake i was like should i wait for a like sorry like sorry yes <laughs> we messed is, up this gives you a little insight of my mental <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> block sometimes so you know i was just like oh how can i really uplift the communities i'm a part of mm-hmm. right and so this was kind of also happening i think you know like a time where kind of also like talking about like the run for salmon started like i've been volunteering in the run for salmon for three years now mm-hmm. and like usually helping a lot with like support like kitchen. give us for folks who don't know give us a couple sentences about so, the run for, what so the, the run, run for, for salmon, salmon is. is a prayer journey that is like held by the winimum wintu tribe in mount shasta which is also known in the indigenous name of buyum puyuk and so the the tribe the winimum wintu led by chief kaylin sisk actually conducts this like prayer journey where they travel in the waterways where the salmon used to thrive and they're trying to bring it back which is interesting because now a lot of those eggs from the same kind of salmon actually gifted because they ran out they were all out but then 
somehow in New Zealand, like the same family of salmon, they still thrive there and they have the eggs and say they actually brought it back. So they were trying to reintroduce them to this waterway. So this is kind of like the prayer that like hopefully yeah. a lot of that and you know like the undamming is really the big parts of that. Shout out to the the tribes up in the Klamath, the undamming. Listeners, if you're part of like what we call Northern California, you're part of Salmon Nation. This is your bioregion. The undamming and the return of the salmon is part of what we're all here for. Yeah, I know. It's it's really beautiful and that makes me happy too because in this, like, you know, the metaphor, like the poetry of that, there's also like an undamming that's Mm. happening internally because, you know, like people like who never even thought of that as a possibility that really like, you know, like so many things are possible and so um with a banka i think because you know it there like again going back to like the spiritual dimension of that work it's really important to think of like you know as the banka as also this like um a placeholder in in some ways of like but also i think symbolically just a little bit of like the backtrack the the name of the show is like Boaya and I don't know if you mm-hmm. saw underneath there's a tuli. Yes. It is like a it's like a boaya, which is like a kind of crocodile made of tuli mm-hmm. reeds. And I think the whole idea because it was like how do we bring that spirit into mm-hmm. here, into the native lands here? Because you know, we're it's kinda like we are trick like we are bringing that spirit from our homelands, right? Like and the boaya is such a very powerful like spirit, like deity that kind of also like speaks to ancestors so so this is already kind of forming even before the action but what happened was really um i think it was a matter of like intention and also emergence and again this is what i mean about relation because i think like when i brought this back to the folks who were supporting me which i'm gonna say like tessa um camille who's part of also copwise medicine and tad and also like tashi um, also Kat and then Sivine and also like folks who supported us like you know New and Matt and you know those folks I've worked with also in other iterations yeah. of kind of protest actions and when I suggested I, I of course like I do documents mm-hmm. I feel like documents is always easier for me because I have like a very neuro spicy way of communicating that neuro sometimes spicy. Like, yeah, yes. people are just like what are you talking about <laughs> It's poetry, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And so if I feel like if I speak it in the language that I know, in that poetic language, it's easier for them to catch. Mm -hmm. Um, But that that languaging is key because I think that's also what helps others become, not really captivated, but like, yeah, in some ways, you know, like when there's an idea, you want to be in love with an idea, you know? And I think like, that's kind of like how I see it. Like there is a level of like Mm -hmm. seduction in the ideas that Mm, you present to people. I love this. And that's kind of like, I feel like... Seduction of ideas. Yeah. And then how, you know, I I share this with other artists too. Like how do we captivate the collective imagination? Because, you know, I'm... I'm coming to it from the perspective of revolution. Like, what is the role of the artist, right? We have to make it irresistible, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's no choice. We're going to do this shit. It's just going to, like, this shit's going to go down. Uh, so so that's kind of, like, what I did. I just kind of created this document, and I did my Capricorn shit. I put some images in there, some, like, little, you know, like, some, like, outlines of, but like... Give us the, give yeah. us the, like, what was the, ins- like, the inspiration for, like, I, yeah. I heard and I saw, I think it was, like, you yeah. and I were on many different circle <laughs> friends together, and in one of them you referenced the, like, 
Love, rage, and fury, or love, oh, yeah. fury, and grief. But tell me, yeah. what were you feeling that led you to... We have this exhibit in this institution that has some power, some prestige, a platform. What's mm. the intervention, those artists? Because I imagine there's also... I don't know. I haven't been in a show in YBCA. Yeah, like, there's yeah. a there's got to be a level to it in which you're yeah. feeling, oh, here's a way in which my own art is elevated. You took a risk, yeah, right, yeah. to make a statement. Yeah, what was the, what was the love or the grief or the fury in your words that led you to yeah. decide, hey, we we actually need to use this platform to do something. Yeah, totally. Um, for sure, the institution silence. Yeah. And, you know, like, even just, like, the many attempts that they've been really, like, you know, as things started to kind of come up as we were organizing, you know, I was just, like, things, like, and this is the thing that institutions don't want you to kind of convene and know. Mm -hmm. It's almost, like, compartmentalizing and dividing people. Yeah. And I think, like, once I realized, that like, oh, like, these, like, many multiple things that people have brought up or people, meaning, like, the other artists have brought up, it really made sense because, you know, it's so easy to feel like alone and alienated sure. and by yourself. You're like, maybe I'm just crazy. Maybe I'm just complaining. Maybe I'm just ungrateful. Folks are pushing them to take a stance around ceasefire or to like use their platform to give Palestinian artists an opportunity to speak or what? I think there has yeah. been attempts for from other artists that are kind of, you know, a part of the action to mm -hmm. actually present work that is like centering like Palestinian mm. like you know, yes. liberation the language of Palestinian liberation and I think it, it's tricky and I think because so much is happening in language th there is a level of like uh, a mindfuck mm -hmm. that the institution like plays with people sure. it's like it's like either they'll I'll we'll talk about this one-on-one -on -one, mm -hmm. or you know we're gonna like I don't know, like, I'm going to ask the higher ups. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think, like, there's just a level where it's sort of like any momentum that feels to build around those kind of things are shut down. Um, but I think, like, personally, like, with me, because, you know, my work has been so much about, like, transformation. And, and, and again, I want to say this because the whole installation was actually intended to be a transforming mm -hmm. installation. So in some ways, I'm, I didn't really veer off. I just didn't really say what that transformation was going to be. Yeah. So it's so, so I think in in that way, when when we started talking to each other, it it really dawned on me that like, this is what happens when we talk to each other. You know, maybe people aren't just talking to each other mm -hmm. more, right? Because even like as we speak to other institutions, people who are part of like that discontent and maybe disillusionment in their institutions, they're realizing like, oh, what you actually have this, and and so. It's so tricky because artists don't really have that, like, sense sometimes, I think, like, you know, that I feel like in other sectors of society have, like, in terms of, like, solidarity, yeah. or, like, union, maybe. Um, so I think that is something we are trying to maybe normalize. And I think, like, if anything, like, this action is really, yeah, like, an invitation, right? Like, how do we look into these institutions that we belong, are a part of, or we, you know, put our work in? And yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of fear. Um, I think my fear is less so much rooted in in myself, but this fear is like rooted in my community. Mm. Because you know, like I, like I said, like I, you know, you see my name there, but I also like feel like I carry community with me, you know? Of course. And I think in some ways, like 
I don't want to also feel like I'm just a representative of whatever community, mm-hmm. right? Like, and I think I want to be able to honor the ways in like moving forward. Like, how can everyone that has been a part of this feel a sense of agency that like this is actually yeah. the best, the best approach to do it? You know, like this is like that's this approach of altering the work. So. There's a lot of guidance and of course, you know, there is like, you know, I think like the, the prayerful action part, which I credit to Bronte Velez, my dear friend, that prayerful action is so much really what kind of brought us to, to arrive in that, like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to create an altar and we're going to do, um, to me, we were doing what the institution wasn't doing, right? Like, how, how can we actually, it's almost like they should tank us. We're doing it for them. Right, like so. This is kind of like how do we do this? Yeah. Because you know, in that in that love, in that grief, in that rage, there's like many different manifestations in many ways that can be expressed. But I felt like just hearing from what everybody else was doing, I felt like you know, just also what the insulation was about. You know, it it felt it made the most sense, especially this this water, this crossing the river mm. of life, and thinking of like martyred like people in the yeah. you know in the whole like you know siege of gaza and I, I think that's just like something that came up too you know like and, and the thing is like there wasn't i wouldn't say there wasn't a lot of time to think but it's more like there wasn't a lot of time to process what to do yeah and it was such a um it was such a prayerful action in some ways i saw other artists blanketed their work in banners that said ceasefire now i saw other artists spray painting free palestine on the ceramics that they had created but and please help me with your own words describe what you did but i saw you wrapping the the canoe in a in a a sheet of of bloody hands representing Mm -hmm. the just the absolute slaughter and carnage that um, our politicians, our money, our weapons manufacturers have helped to commit. I saw bloody hands on the walls, but I also saw you just in real, like, prayerful and ritual and ceremonial way put the names of martyrs on the floor with, it's like herbs or... Yeah, it's like olives, branches, yeah. and bay. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think I owe that a lot to my team, the support. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because I think this is what happens when you open it up. Mm-hmm. People also have other suggestions and ideas to bring, like in any other actions that I've been in. I think I really thrive in in outsourcing or open sourcing mm-hmm. that, that, like, once the invitation is out and people feel... <laughs> not seduced but like captivated yeah, by the course. idea they're drawn in drawn in and then it's easy for them to actually feel like agency to make those like suggestions like oh yeah. i have this things i have this thing and i'm like oh great i i didn't have to think of that yeah. and that's just like i think for me elevates that that power that sometimes artists are have a hard time letting mm-hmm. go because you know i mean it to me, there's just a point where I'm just like, there's an idea, let's work on it. And then yeah. I, I think like, yeah, I think once people are already on it, that already is the work. I'm curious how, what the repercussions have been for y'all? Has there been blowback? Have there been repercussions? Are yeah. you afraid? And what what is your... Yeah. call to other artists this could be such a moment to name for artists 
across Turtle Island, across the mm. world? Like, what is the role for us right now? And so, mm. yeah, I'm curious, just like, one, how are you doing in that moment? And then two, what is the, what is the call for other folks who are similarly situated who have works of art and institutions who should be using their voice in this moment yeah. to call for a ceasefire and who are remaining silent? What are you asking of folks? Yeah, no, thank you for asking that. Um, I think first and foremost, I'm always feeling grateful. Like, you know, the fact that we were able to pull it off, like, and do it. I mean, you know, with the support of, like, Micah and, like, folks from, like, a lot of the Palestinian, like, communities, like, to be held. And my friend Dana, who's actually, like, super yes, awesome Dana. and my neighbor. We I love like, Dana. I go way back with Dana. I feel like we know each other from, like, a different lifetime. And now we've, like, somehow converged again in this life. And I'm just, like, so grateful that they are kind of part of all this. And, you know, and I, I think that's the beauty for me, that, like, weaving, you know, I'm always, mm -hmm. like, thinking in, like, poetic kind of, like, ways, and I'm, I think, like, yeah, I've been, I've been in and out of that feeling of, like, gr gratitude, but also, you know, like, I do notice, like, at, uh, like, certain times I'm like, oh, shit, like, this is probably, like, people are not gonna... People, I'm already, I mean, not that I'm not yet. I already feel that I'm in that kind of category of people always trying to shake the dust. And yeah. this is kind of like tells you of my historical record in art world. Yes, things. dust shakers. <laughs> but I also don't care because I actually don't like, you know, I mean, the reason I cannot care is because I have a day job and that's mm -hmm. fine. I work with kindergartens and those are great. They bring me joy and healing. And, you know, but there it, it's hard, you know, because some people are also even like colleagues, even other other artists that might have different like feelings about it. Right. And because I think like it can be really, div I mean, I mean, also like divisive because that's what the YBCA uses. It, it can be really tricky because of the way the arts is like the system is mm -hmm. like situated. Right. When you're kind of like seeing yourself as like you can only become a successful artist if you do mm -hmm. this one, two, three, go kind of like steps. Yeah. And I think like I think we're kind of like past that shit. I think like yes. I think that shit is actually like irrelevant, mm -hmm. to be honest. And, and this is actually like, you know, speaking from a place of like I've always like out of like you know that like foot out of that kind of art worlds i'm always mm -hmm. you know i mean i'm grateful because one foot is there but i'm also like so in some ways this is why i say like i i, I recognize that like edge walking quality of like worlds right mm -hmm. of like being able to be in this more like yes art world which is like the more like oh museum type of work but then also more community like indigenous sovereignty mm -hmm. like land back water you know protection um just those communities that really like you know are, are more like i feel like that to me is more like significant mm -hmm. like important work that needs to be uplifted than the arts yeah. i feel like sometimes the arts can be a little bit um i don't know what the word is but masturbatory in terms of mm. it's like in relating sure. to itself um but i think like we are in a crucial time where we have to talk about like things that really are important to us and how mm -hmm. do we use the art that we generate as a kind of maybe like you know as a as a bridge to people who might not also be thinking in those kind of ways because you know even people in the yeah. arts i talk to are still like oh water yeah what is your if you i, I my hope i saw the power i was there with y'all on yeah, thursday yeah, yeah. i saw the power of what was possible in the actions that you created my hope, my prayer is that there are artists out there across Turtle Island, but across the world, who 
have attempted have attempted to engage the institutions with which they're connected in the what time it is on the clock of the world to quote Grace Lee Boggs, right? Yeah. It's like what it, what are we called to do in this moment? Who might be looking at the actions y'all took and asking themselves, do I have the courage? Do I have the backing? What am I called to do in this moment? But also feeling some fear in their heart. It is such a opportunity to have your works exhibited. It is such an opportunity to have that platform. And you yeah. risked a lot. Yeah. And you and I having this conversation today is like in the midst of the question of the unraveling of that. Like yeah. what is to what is to happen, right? And I could yeah. either see you <laughs> celebrated by the art world and <laughs> your embellished work ending up in other galleries. I could see folks blacklisted. We could see it both going both ways. And yeah. so I'm curious for you, like these other artists across the world who are watching and feeling the weight mm-hmm. of what is happening in Gaza and what's happening in Rafa and wondering like, okay, I'm some small part of this mystery of life, but how do I leverage that for some greater purpose? Like, what is your yeah. message to them? What, what inspiration just, uh, do you, yeah. in solidarity do you send to them knowing yeah, I'm just, the complexity uh, of it, right? I'm just one pixel in the whole picture. That's right. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I, that's a really great question. Well, first of all, what's happening is the YBCA has closed down for the rest of their weekend. Usually they would be open on yes, Friday. Yes, they close the next Saturday, day. <laughs> Sunday. So they pretty much just closed it. And, and really, I know some artists actually who are supposed to be exhibited as yeah, part of this and, festival. And, right? Yeah, the dance one, right? Yeah, like the Fresh Festival. And so Fresh festival. it's been, you know, as we are speaking today, they actually released a statement in solidarity of the action that we did, which is mm-hmm. great because I feel like that also shows that, like, it's building momentum. And I think that is key and crucial at this moment that we are able to really kind of pick up on that because, you know, um, as artists, like, you know, like what you were raising, I think the the role, I mean, and, and I just say this from my own, like, perspective, is really that, like, you know, to make it irresistible for others yeah. to be able to really, like, do that. Because, you know, I, I think we have to be able, I think to me is like how do we disappear in the collective right like because like it becomes say, like, say more what do you mean by that meaning like when we become it's so much less about us i mean this is why a reason like i like wearing masks and anonymity mm. in a lot of other actions because yeah, so think, y'all just when they embellished their art on thursday night y'all donned yes yeah, we have masks right. and, and this is the same with the previous actions we've mm-hmm. kind of done and i think like to me, you know, I mean, I'm sure people who know me already know it's me, right? But I think there is something about losing. And I, I, and I, I kind of think about this from the level of, like, what masks do and even from, like, the Zapatistas. And, you know, I am one. A lot of my work is about masks and the mask we wear. And I think there is, like, really powerful in being able to, like, tap into the psyche in which it's not about the identity of who's doing mm, it. Yes. And I think, like, that is the power of the action. Right. Because it's not so much about like, oh, who's this person? Right. Mm-hmm. Like there is the cult of celebrity that sometimes I feel like in the arts or in many kind of like social media happens. And, and sometimes it, it veers away from like, why are they doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I and I and I say this, too, like, you know, this is like something that I think about a lot. Like, you know, not all the actions that I'm able to be a part of it, like, is not is not always I'm going to be like, I'm a part of this. Mm-hmm. And, and I think like that should be normalized like it, it really throws a lot of people off because then when they don't know like like is it only valuable to you if you know that this so and so is a part of this or people are like what can we do and or people i think here's the funny thing it's a funny thing when people think 
you say thank you and I always just like kind of have this internal voice of my little troll ancestral voice um oh thank you for doing that yeah <laughs> it's like <laughs> um I mean I don't know you can guess what my ancestral voice is saying yeah. I'm just like oh me thank me yeah you know because I think like people like relinquish we relinquish these things to others yeah. so that we don't have to do it and we're like oh thank you I didn't have to do that and I think like maybe we need to unpack that a little bit when we're feeling you know and I, maybe that's just like me but this is just how a lot of my mind works sometimes mm -hmm. but yeah I think donning the mask definitely um helps like shroud but it also like we enter this like ritual space I think you know that's one thing I was going to share that like once we enter in that like ritual space like so it's it's not like because you know there's adrenaline there's like in the moment so it just helps you ground back to what like yeah. you know like in that case we we're thinking about all the martyred mm -hmm. so like you, you mean know, like on thursday night yeah. that's what the mass helped yeah. you ground yeah, yeah. so just kind of like why we're doing this mm -hmm. and not even like you know like so there is a level that like brings us back like why we are doing this because yeah. this genocide is ongoing and these are like the honor honoring the martyrs of of that ongoing genocide and because it's 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 so much commotion and so much uh, mental noise happening in the moment but when we are able to don that like we are together in that, mm. and that is the collectivizing of our like we become an entity that is not an individual so that becomes kind of like yeah we call it the tago lilang mm -hmm. which is like what does it mean it means like um to be visible and invisible at will mm. yeah and that's kind of like i feel like what the masks do because sometimes you can actually see even though like something is like this in front of you mm -hmm. and, and i think like I think in that action, you know, so many things are happening at once. So in the field, in whatever kind of field of consciousness you're in, you just you just know that what you need to do right now is focus on the altar. Yeah. So you're not kind of like scrambling. And I think like and I really I appreciate yeah. that's like subordinating so much of art has come to be like who is the individual artist and what is their yeah. following, what is the media exposure that they have and you're like subordinating all that to what is the moment and what are we called to do collect what is the collective good what is the collective liberation the possibilities for that in this moment that erases not the history and the lineage of why, why you're called to do what you yeah. do but that is so much greater than about you as an individual and is about the collective so thank of you course. for bringing that like collectivity to the fore yeah, and I always also think of it as a queer prayer, you know, mm -hmm. because I think, like, if you think of prayer from this context of, like, you know, I guess, like, more the, like, I guess, like, dominant religion, I mm -hmm. think this is just kind of a way of, like, how do we actually access, like, that, um, that, that spiritual dimension mm -hmm. in, in these kind of, like, meandering ways and mm -hmm. that always feel like, you know, like, that's not, like, people were like, yeah. is that, like, a prayer? But, yeah, that is a prayer. It's just, like, a way of, like querying prayer for mm. folks who don't always adhere to one specific like belief or practice yeah. and I think like I mean that's that's really important because I think it's so much more about religion it's so much more about like people's like belief systems this mm -hmm. is really just just like the humanity and then to think about that like like being in a space that is choosing willfully ignoring what is happening mm -hmm. currently so many people in the bay so many communities in the bay are all about this and to choose not to say anything like that willful like ignorance 
I think, you know, regardless of whatever other things there might be, you know, like in, in our demands, I think like to me, yeah, we're, we're kind of past that point. Mm. Like, you know, that is like a form of complicity. And I think like, yeah, I would recommend folks to review too our demands. You know, there's a lot of... Yeah, like, where do folks demands. find those? Huh? Where do folks oh, find those? Oh, yeah, you can find those on my Instagram. Um, yeah, if you go to Instagram, champ, champ, champ boy. Champ, 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 uh, yeah. C H A M P C H A M P C H A M P O Y, and I think they're also available at some of the folks that have like supported us. I know the JVP Bay Area, it's Jewish Voices for Peace. Yes, um, and other uh, of other of the artists too, like Paz, like Jeff. Um, you know, I'm Tracy, um, Courtney, Sholay. Um, other someone I cannot name. Okay. We're going to um, drop the IGs of all of these artists in <laughs> the show like, notes yeah, so that folks yeah. can look up and these like artists. And, um, and Lucasa too, who's not in the band nine, but is also one of the amazing artists that they currently yeah. have. I guess, yeah, I'm just like really grateful, but I'm also just like curious too. Like, you know, I want to just say like as artists, like it's easy to fall into the trappings of like the making of objects, mm-hmm. which is great and valid as an artist. But I feel like we are in a time where we also have to reimagine like those kind of those desires mm-hmm. to make things in a different way like it's almost like we're making worlds and making yeah. new realities that like reflect our truths you know yeah. and I think it's so easy to feel jaded and afraid when you are alienated but it just takes kind of a moment to meditate mm-hmm. and think of who is holding you and who's your community. Mm-hmm. Just write all those names, mm-hmm. even in whatever level they might be. You know, people are in different stages of the journey, and that is kind of a practice that I do. And I just like also just like wow, I'm like so abundant. And you know, like it's not always in the same level because people are also like gravitating in mm-hmm. their own whatever they are doing. Yeah. You know, and but when those things align, and however they may in in whatever con collectivization or however size um it's a revolution i Mm. think that's how revolutions are made you know i feel like it's you have to approach it with the heart of a lover yeah i think and i think you have to be able to like give and know that like you know it will be received because it's open yeah well, thank you, Tomboy, mm, for you. being your heart of oh. a lover to the, <laughs> as you name, just like love and grief and fury mm. of this moment. And I think it's a really, like, huge gift to step into the, with the humility that you and the other artists did of like, mm. we don't know what will happen to us for taking this action and for moving forward in that uncertainty and with such care and integrity and grounded in such ritual and ceremony and connected back to land and to people and to ancestry and in just like such a good way and so thank you okay. for that we don't know what's gonna happen we know y'all are facing like and today i'm like watching the signal threads i'm watching the news just like such blowback but also such um courage in the midst of that so just like and then also thank you for taking the time to give us the the slightly longer form (laughs) version of why you did what you did and i'm excited Mm. to see artists elsewhere across turtle island see your example and take that to heart and whatever that looks like for the positions that they're in so Mm. and thank you so much for taking the time to to talk with us 
Thank you, Brooke. No, I, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, so that's it for our show today. So much respect and gratitude to artists everywhere taking action for Ceasefire and to Cholet and Champoy in particular for coming on the podcast. The artists who altered their work last week at YBCA are asking people to sign an email to YBCA supporting the artist's demands. So I'm going to link to that in the show notes. Please, it only takes like 30 seconds. Please take a moment, find that link, send that email. And lastly, if you liked the show, please share it. You can find us on Instagram at That's How the Light Gets in Podcast. And you can find me, your host, Brooke Anderson, on Instagram at Movement Photographer. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week. Free Palestine.